Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am sitting in a business meeting room of the Patricia Hotel in the heart of the downtown east side of Vancouver with a band called Faith Healer. I have two members sitting here with me, and I'd love it if I could get each of you to introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Jessica. Uh, I sing and play guitar in Faith Healer. My name is Renee, and I play guitar in Faith Healer. Typically, I do the interview in the tour van, but this wasn't an option for you guys, so why don't you tell me a little bit about your day? Uh, can I swear on this, or? <laughs> Not copiously. Okay, well, suffice it to say that our van is messed right now, and so we're, we have it stored in somebody's backyard uh, so that we can try and fix it tomorrow. <laughs> that's, that's it, basically. <laughs> the window won't roll down. Roll up. Ro- ro- roll up. It won't roll up. It did roll down, which was kind of ironic you know what i mean you roll into the vancouver and you, and, and the window won't roll up We're, like, it was like so sunny yeah. it's the first time you feel the sun like we felt the sun in, in months and and then uh, we were like oh the sun is so nice roll down the window it's been having a little bit of problems so we should have just avoided it probably anyways so this is a little bit of a problem because although it was a sunny day outside today, it is the end of February and there's still snow melting on the ground. So a window that won't close is a bit of a problem. Yeah, and it'll, it'll continue to be a problem because we're, you know, playing in a lot of uh, places where you shouldn't leave your, well, nowhere should you leave your window all the way down. Um, <laughs> but especially not, you know, downtown Vancouver and I assume not the Seattle or Portland or the next few places we're playing. So yes. hopefully we can figure it out uh, tomorrow because it's been kind of freaky so far. All right. Well, hopefully this interview is a chance for you guys to chill out because you've been dealing with stress all day. So why don't we all chill out by listening to a Faith Healer song? I'm going to play the title track off your second record, Try. So imagine for a second that. Somebody may have never heard of Faith Healer before, and here's your chance to prepare them for the wild ride they're about to go on. (laughs) Get ready to rock. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) Is it the strength of my emotions?
Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track, Try. It's the title track off the second record by a band called Faith Healer. I have two members of the band here with me. I have Jessica, I have Renee. So, Jessica, how would you like to tell us a little bit more about this song? Uh, sure. So this, like you said, is the title track of our latest album, which we put out in September. It is the magnum opus of the album. Centerpiece. <laughs> it's the centerpiece. It It's... It's, it's got an emoticon in the title, winky face to be specific, uh, and it's about um, not giving up. <laughs> Appropriate for today because you've had a lot of opportunity to be frustrated. But I want to talk about the winky face. People have been calling it an emoticon, but it's not quite because it's the text version of it. So anyways, I use the winky face a lot, but I'd like you to tell me about you and your use of winky face. Well, so it is emoticon, I believe, unless I have things confused. I think emoji is the ones where it's like, you know, the heart or the the surprise face, all those ones that you can get when you have to add the emoji language to your phone, you know? They're like pictures. They're not text. My impression is that emoticon is text-based, you know, pictures. I, I don't know. Anyway, th- that doesn't really matter, but um, I use I use it, you know, it's a cute little cheeky, like, hey, I'm just having fun kind of thing. So uh, that's how I use it. And uh, that's we're, the, the whole album is just us having fun, so. Right down to the artwork. Right down to the artwork. Right down to the artwork. Well, I think, I'm not an expert either, but I think that you may be right. I think that's the difference between emoji and emoticon. For me, I'm going to say I use the winky face a lot, but unlike you, I do not put in the little dash for the nose. Oh, yeah. yeah, the nose dash makes a big difference. A, if in this day and age, if you put just the like um, colon and then the um, closing parenthesis or whatever, then it often will automatically correct to, or like when you hit enter on your status or whatever, then it corrects to a picture, an emoji. So putting that dash in there, A, it looks kind of cute, and B, it ensures that it's not going to automatically correct to the uh, picture. The best way to bypass it, the best way to bypass it is to use the the, the, the O, the lowercase zero, or lowercase O. For the nose? For the nose. Because that that that's how you ensure that you don't get the emoji. <laughs> but it's like dash. a clown. But the dash can sometimes do it too. Oh, like I've gotten emojis from dash. Yes, this is important stuff. Why are we trying to avoid the emoji? Um, we just like the emoticon better. I think it, it's more representative of uh, where we come from. You know, the early days of MSN, for instance. Uh, you know. It's just, it's just, I'm done. (laughs) I had an iPhone once and they have the emojis and then I switched to Android and then it had the little Android guy emojis. And I was like, that's really annoying. Like they're not, not only are they not little smiley faces, like I'd gotten so used to it being a smiley face. And so it's better to use the text-based one because it's the same in all formats. Consistent. Very consistent. consistent. (laughs) Jessica, a.k.a. Faith Healer, you put out a record under your own name in 2011 and decided then to create the Faith Healer Project. You did this because you said that you were tired of the shows being offered to female singer-songwriters. So I wanted to ask you to tell me more. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it feels like I'm so far removed from sort of that way of thinking by now that although I know I said that a million times... um, I haven't thought about it in a while. But what I would say is just that I thought that having a band name would allow me to um, not feel so uh, stuck performing in a specific way, you know, like introspective singer-songwriter kind of stuff. It's like, it seems like if you have a band name, you're a lot more um, free to do whatever you want with it. Uh, I don't really know why it seems that way, but it just I had that's my impression. And I definitely felt back when I was performing under my own name, I, I kind of felt like there was this one area that I fit in on bills, and that was the area that I was um, getting offered all the time. And there were these other bills that I saw that I thought were cooler, and I wanted to be a part of them, but I 
would never get them, you know. And so it just seemed like giving it a band name gives it some kind of anonymity so people aren't like, oh, yeah, that's singer-songwriter Jessica Jalbert. They're like, oh, who knows? It's Faith Healer. It's a band. Let's check this band out. I don't know. (laughs) Interesting way of thinking about it. But it looks like it's worked out. So... You then changed your name to Faith Healer. Your first record was Cosmic Troubles. You worked a little bit with Renee on that. And then he's officially joined the band with Try. So people can get an idea of Renee and his storied history in Canadian music. Why don't we talk a little bit about him? So say, for instance, you were going to tell your grandma about Renee's music. How would you describe it? (laughs) Uh, Well, my grandma's dead. Thank you very much. But (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Well, she is, but... Anyway, um, what if you were at a seance and needed to tell her how to hear Renee's music? Well, I would tell her there's, you know, a a very talented and uh, visionary type musician that I enjoy working with. In fact, we worked with quite heavily together on Cosmic Troubles. It was still just the two of us, so it's not it's not um, actually much different for this record than it was for the other two records. But anyway, I would just say that uh, this is a, a a great musician that I like to work with. <laughs> Check it out, Grandma. All right, well, while we talk about Renee and his contribution to Faith Healer, why don't you pick one of his solo tracks for us to play in the background? Uh, sure, why don't you play uh, Could Have It Been Me <laughs> by Sugar Glider. By Sugar Glider. Uh, on Sugar Glider, Rennie Wilson record. Um, a song that has a grammatical error in the title that I think is also quite visionary because uh, you've got to make language work for you. So what do you think, Renee, about that choice? I need to hire this person. <laughs> that's, all, that's what I think about it. Oh, what do I think about the choice of the song? Oh, well, that song's... I like it. It's a good song. It has a grammatical problem in it. Um, it was supposed to make the flow of the, the words better. Because you can't say, Could it have been me? <laughs> like, I, I remember driving in my car... My, my Corsica. Do you remember that car? Yes, I do remember. And so I was, I was like, could have it been me? Could have, I was like, kept on repeating it to myself over and over. And I was like, I convinced myself that that was the right way to say it. I was like, could it have been me? Could have it been me? And I just back and forth, back and forth, just driving home <laughs> in my car. And I said it to myself over and over, and I convinced myself that it was the right way. And that's when I decided to go for it, even though I didn't reference, but how do you reference a grammar thing? I guess you could just type it up, and, <laughs> and then the, the Google will co- correct it, but maybe not so much in 2011. Language is a malleable thing, it's evolving, it can change with our usage of it. So, now that we've heard a little bit of this track, why don't, Renee, you tell us, why don't you contrast these two projects for you? Well, I haven't had a whole lot of time to work on my own stuff in a while, but that's because I do music uh, for my job, for a living, and Faith Healer is like my creative outlet in a way. I mean, I don't, it didn't kind of start, it doesn't start with that in mind, because Jessica comes to me with the music, and like, then we hash it out. Much like I I would do with another client of mine, let's say, but with Jessica, like, we have a long, like, you know, we've been working together for a long time. So we have, like, a collaborative process. And that's why she says that it's the same process for the last record, too, because she basically just hired me for this thing, like, last time. And then we agreed that, like, we both need to, like, do it because we both put so much into it. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Faith Healer is great. I mean, like this is my band. It's not like it's totally separate from Rennie Wilson project. But I haven't really thought about that. I mean, I've thought about it, but I haven't had time to really get into it. I, you know, last time I made a record for that, I was like living at my parents' house, and I had free time. And now I don't really have so much free time. So that's basically. It took me five years to figure that out. You know. I was like, the reason why I'm not doing this is because I don't have any free time. 
Wow. Or I'm using it to play like video games or something. <laughs> but you know, you need to do that kind of thing in your day. <laughs> so Renee, I didn't know that you would be here and doing this interview with me, but I think this is a great surprise. opportunity. Yeah, it's Hello. a great surprise. Hi. <laughs> So that leads me to another question, and that question is, why don't you guys take me through the conversation to get Renee to come on the road with you? Uh, well, it, it kind of just seemed like obviously that was going to happen. The conversation about um, having Renee as like full partner in Faith Healer came together while we were working on the last record because, like Renee said, I, I bring the music, I'm doing air quotes, in, but it's like pretty... Um, unrefined. It's extremely unrefined. Um, and it's not got like a real strong direction off the bat. And so when we're working on it, it was more collaborative even than the last couple, the last two records, by far actually, I'd say. And um, and so we were just shooting the shit about it. And I had thought about asking Renee to be a part of the project, but I was like unsure for two reasons. One, I thought like he would maybe consider that a disc because I'd be like, well, you're not working on your project, so why don't you just join mine? <laughs> and then I also was like, you know, is that a good, is it a good idea to um, to turn this into not just my own thing, you know? like it, So I was like uncertain about it, but I had even like drafted an email before we had, were working together being like, hey, what do you think about this? But then I didn't send it because I was like, well, I don't want to like diss him or whatever. Um, I know, I, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have. You were taking me through the conversation in your mind, of getting Renee to join the band. So we've heard Jessica's side. Now let's hear Renee's reaction. Okay, so I feel like if I hadn't moved away, because I used to play in Jessica's band for a long, long time. Like, we played music together for years. But it was just Jessica Jalbert's band. That was the name of the project. And then we did this record... The new, the sorry, the, the second record, Cosmic Troubles, the first one being her solo album. So the first one for Faith Healer. But we, we started working on that initially under your own name, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, we just started working on a new music project. And then eventually, by the time it came to a close, like, I mean, the name Faith Healer, we, we talked about naming the band that and blah, 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 blah. But then I had my own plans to move away to a new city. And so I just moved away. And so I so, kind of... we have to remember that not everybody's going to know your guys' stories. So you guys started out living in Edmonton. That's still where Jessica's based. Yes. But Renee, you've moved to Montreal, where now you work as a music producer. Yes, that's correct. Um, same thing I did in, in Edmonton. But I, it t- it's taken me a, you know until now to get kind of back to where I was when I first left Edmonton. But uh, I mean, like, had I stayed in Edmonton... The, the thing about Cosmic Troubles is, even though I was a big part of that record... In, in its creation, it was never, like, I basically ditched after that happened. And so, you know, Jessica did that whole, the whole live process without me there. And, like, that's just, that's fine. I mean, that's just how it is. You're talking about touring that first record. Touring the first record, exactly. So I wasn't in the band for that other than um, a few little one-offs here and there. I played drums and played guitar at one show that I didn't play very well at, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it was okay. There was just friends in the audience. Um, uh, so you're taking a circuitous route, but we're trying to get to the moment where you decided that you were going to be also going on the road and becoming a full-fledged part okay. of this band. So I just feel like it may have happened prior had I not moved away, and I would have probably been in the band touring with you. Mm-hmm. So, But since we ended up doing another record together... And, like, so far apart. I mean, I don't know why it came to be this way, but, I mean, like, I am very involved in the record-making process for this band, so I just thought, like, this is my thing. Like, well, it's our thing. Well, and the and one other aspect which we were talking about, which actually is when the conversation came up about us, like, joining forces for the band, was, uh, I, you know, I, I paid for the recording out of try with my money, right? Like, and... Then one, we hit a stride at one point while we were recording and we were like, you know, smoking pot in, in the studio and like thinking about songs and stuff. And we we're like, oh, we should make another record right away. Like we we're already hitting our stride. Let's like just do another one right away. And I was like, I can't afford that. Like there's no way. And then we started being like, well, what if, you know, like we 
you know, what if this was both of our thing? And then, like, that would kind of change, like, temper some of the costs, you know, and stuff like that. So that's that's part of it. Yes. <laughs> she wouldn't have to pay me if I was in the band permanently. <laughs> Jessica, that actually sounds pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, I'm really smart. <laughs> So I think that we should hear another song. I'm going to play And Waiting off the new record, Try Winky Emoticon. So how about, Jessica, you tell us a little bit about that before we hear it. So the song Waiting um, is the first tune off the album. It's about waiting for a long time and how, like, you know, the anticipation of something is often a lot better than the realization of the thing, which is both a pessimistic and optimistic way of looking at life, I guess, you know. You're, it's great to anticipate and to hope for something and to get excited about something that's going to happen when it actually happens. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's what you thought it would be and sometimes it's nothing even close to it. But that feeling of like, oh, what's going to happen is kind of sweet. <laughs> it's fine. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Waiting Off the Record Try Winky Emoticon by the band Faith Healer. I have Jessica and Renee here, both from the band. Renee, how would you like to tell us a little bit about the song? Well, I like this song. Um, Jessica did not like this song, right? For the first while. It was the first song that we tried to record. She's shaking her head saying, no, I did not like it. Well, I, mean, I think we both liked it. Yeah, the song I've always liked, maybe when we first recorded, it was like Renee was saying, the first tune that we started recording, and it had a really unique quality to it that was a little bit, like, crunched in the vocal and a little bit, like, there was just some aspect to it that I was like, this isn't really, this is weird. This is not what (laughs) I thought would happen. Um, But we came back to this song a couple times throughout the process. Like, you know, we considered it, like, finished so early on in 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 the process of making the record, but... Um, we came back to it so many times. So it's really probably one of the um, ones that we worked a bit more on, even just like, you know, um, like in the editing process. You had a lot of... The song is edited digitally. Digitally edited. 
It's digitally edited. Glad we got that on the record. <laughs> it was digitally edited, the folks. Song is digitally edited. Don't you dare think it was edited in some other means. <laughs> All right. So, since we have Renee here, I was going to ask a lot more questions about your working relationship. So, in the stories that I've read, Jessica, you stayed with Renee in Montreal for a little bit, and in previous interviews, you've talked about how most of the time you were just listening to records. In the Mint Records official story of the record Try, it was talking about how you guys listened to Leonard Cohn, The Death of a Ladies Man, and looked for inspiration in these old records. So I thought I would ask you guys about those sessions. Well, first I want to say is this. I, I, okay, so we would go into my basement and listen to records. Okay, and I have a lot of records, and we both used to work, I mean, Jessica still works at the record store in Edmonton, Blackbird. I used to work there, and I got most of my records from this place. And so we would listen to a lot of these records, which were mine, in the basement when we were doing this record. But it must be known that Jessica has, like, twice as many records as I have at my house. So it's kind of funny that you had to be forced to listen to this music that, in all honesty, is not like, it's not like some great collection of music. It's just like your average big record collection but not that big it's like just like a thousand records maybe just like your it's got some classic rock it's got some like a lot of crap in it maybe and it's just funny how you didn't have any of your own music to listen to while we were working on this record Sure, but I mean, I think that there's a lot of crossover anyway, you yes, know, like l- like when we think about the specific ones that in interviews, for instance, and ones that I can remember that we reference, like remember listening to Wipers when we were yeah. doing, um, and, and Leonard Cohen, Definitely and, and uh, you and know. Who? I remember Who. Yeah. We were, ta- we were listening to The Who. We were listening to Who, like uh, Magic Bus or, or the first record, My Generation. And I was like, it sounds like it's modern. Because my obsession at the time was that like, the records, when they were played back on the system, okay, so vinyl, everyone says vinyl sounds good, right? You've heard this? I have, and I would suspect you might agree if you have a thousand records in your basement. Well, I should agree, but I don't think I really realized until... Here's one, one thing I want to say, vintage music. People listen to vintage music on the radio in their car stereos, and it sounds kind of like old school. It's like 70s, 60s, whatever, all of it, the 80s. You can instantly tell with your ear that it's old because of like something about it. It just has this quality. But I realize this quality tends to disappear when you listen to records like on a big hi-fi setup uh, because that's kind of like the era-specific you know, setup that people buying these records at the time would, be lis- would have been listening to. And... That con- that whole night, I remember we were talking about Death of a Ladies Man. And we were ta- I was listening to Who that night. We were listening to Who, and I was like, they sound completely modern to my ears on this system. <laughs> like I was like, it doesn't. There's nothing. There's no such thing as vintage. Like like the the the, the idea of something being modern is what I mean. Like people like, get nostalgic about the quality of the recording, but it was supposed to be presented like as hi-fi as possible at the time, anyways. Got it. Jessica, Does what do you... Sense? It makes perfect sense. Okay. Jessica... Sorry. No, let's, don't worry about it. Jessica, how about we get your take on that evening and listening to those records? I don't remember that specific evening, although I do remember listening to records and talking about how, you know, your system is from the same era that these were recorded, so of course it's going to sound uh, modern but it to... Does kind of, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Totally. It, the, the, the music kind of like jumps out of the speakers in a way mm-hmm. you would expect from something you would hear in your headphones on a modern recording. Yeah, it but doesn't sound vintage. No. The musical styles sound vintage, but I mean, like, people are making that same musical style now and trying to, like, scuzz it up so that it sounds vintage to modern recordings Uh because they think that the vintage... It reminds me of, like... I remember my brother telling me, so I don't know if this is true or not, but he was like, you know how you watch footage of old films and it's, like, so crackly and it looks old and stuff like that but he's like but when those were actually filmed they were just as high def as anything that you'd watch right now they were just like that hadn't degraded you know like the 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 like definition looked the same when when those things first came out it's the same kind of thing yeah i mean it was played on screens made to be seen at that time with that equipment but now running old film through new equipment or old film that has just degraded over the years or whatever. That's what makes it look so 
you know, vintage or whatever. Um, anyway, so I can agree with that. <laughs> I know another thing that you guys will both agree on. I think we should play another track by Faith Healer. I'm going to play the song Might As Well Try. So how about I get Jessica? Might As Well Try. Might As Well Try. Isn't that what I said? It's not the title, but it is what you said. What is the title? <laughs> you got me. What is the title? Okay. Oh, it's we're going to hear a song. What song are we going to hear, Jessica? No, but Might As Well Try is a joke about this record. <laughs> yeah, so we, we joke about that um, all the time because like, when we're at, the, at rehearsal, we're like, oh, should we, just, uh, should we do it again or should we try it again? And we're always like, oh, let's try, try again. Or like, oh, should we do that one again? Yeah, we might as well give it a try, whatever. It's like you can't help but say those those words it's not like we're trying to joke it's like every time it happens i'm kind of like because like oh you might as well but anyway the song is called you might as well to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track. Might as well. By a band called Faithular. I have two members here sitting with me. I have Jessica. I have Renee. Now, in a lot of interviews, Jessica's talked a lot about how Renee has a little bit of an overbearing personality. And from this interview, I can sort of see it. Whatever. You are, <laughs> no, no. You're a talker. <laughs> no, I'm, it's, I have something against Jess. See? Not you. I don't know you. Scott. I'm, we met. But it's. I want to say though that the overbearing personality is part of the charm, you know. Like when people are passionate about the work that they do, they, you know, they talk a lot about it. They have ideas. They don't necessarily listen to other people because they're so focused, you know. It's a sign of true passion. I agree, and the only reason I use the word overbearing, it's not the word I would use, is because I read it several times today, and I was going to ask a question about it. How many times did you read it? Yeah, who wrote this? Well, I could find them and be like. Renee is not overbearing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say maybe the big personality is a, is a way to describe it. Big personality. Totally. Yeah, definitely. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a negative judgment. Thank you. I don't feel judged. I get this my whole life. <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> so, Jessica, why don't you tell me about one moment while making this record, Try that this big personality was the biggest help? Well, Renee has just more stamina than I do in general, too. So, like, uh, I think that overall it was probably helpful just throughout the whole process because, like, you know, you get into the night and you're kind of like, oh, you know, all the wires are crossed in my brain. I can't focus on anything. And so I'm like, oh, blank slate in my head. I don't have anything else to offer. But then because Renee is like often, you know, very like tunnel vision, like, you know, focused on this thing and focused on this problem that he wants to solve or this sound that he wants to achieve or like this whatever, you know, um, then it, it really helps direct stuff because like I need like I need that help to like snap to it, you know, because like I just I have 
high anxiety. That's part of my personality profile, I guess. Uh, you know, and so I'm thinking about all this stuff, and then my brain is just kind of like, you know, there's so much to focus on that I I can't get to work, and so I find it really uh, helpful. I, I found it helpful throughout the whole process. I can't think of one specific example though. So Renee, here's your chance. I would love it if you could talk about a personality quirk of Jessica's that definitely was irreplaceable. Diss oh, diss me. A personality trait that like helps the process. Yes. Precisely. Uh, I don't think I can think of one. No, no, no. Um, uh, I didn't know this. This is a pretty like complex question. I mean, this is like something I hadn't thought about until now. I'm just drinking this beer and like, let me let me think about it. No, I think that I think that okay. So Jessica, she's a poet. Okay, she writes the music, and it's all like perfectly put together. If you're not her or someone like her, you can't really just fake that kind of like poetic intuition. No, but it's true. It's like you, you, you have more of a, like, you, you see the whole picture before you, you, you enter. Like, with me, it's all about the details. All the little things about, like, recording a song and all the little, like, things about the song itself that make it, like, seem better in the end. But you have a way better idea of, like, the whole because you're more, like, placid. You're more relaxed. You, you you think more than you speak. So it's just like, that's really good. I, I appreciate the opposite, you know, kind of thing. It's just like, it's something that I can't do myself. It's someone who I'm not. Jessica, how do you feel about that? Well, I like, I like that, you know, that our kind of opposing personalities work out quite well together usually. I mean, of course, sometimes when things get stressed and shit hits a fan... Then uh, it can be, you know, we get kind of like a little mad at each other a little bit. But in general, I think like it's actually quite a good pairing. Like it works really well for creative stuff. For creative purposes. Maybe not everything in life, Mm -hmm. but for when we're working on music, it's like it's good. Because Jessica writes the song, at least until now, ultimately you come with the song pretty much finished. And it gets changed a lot as it goes along, but... You, you, you know what you want when we start, and even though it changes a lot, you know what you want it to be by the end. And so even though I'm, like, helping with all these little things, it's like there's still, like, a, a, a like an anchor. There's a vision. There's a vision. There's a vision. There's a vision. I have a vision, and so does she, and my vision is not compromised, nor is hers. Yeah, it's true, actually. I, I would say that I kn- I, that even though we have such opposing personalities, it's like, I think that our aesthetics, in terms of what we like, are uh, pretty similar, and yeah. like we'll get jacked on the same kinds of cool sounds and stuff like that. Like even working in the record shop, you know, we'd throw in like sure. some, you know, metal record or something like that. I remember one yeah. time we were throwing on a record, and we were both like on candle opposite <laughs> candlemas, exactly. We're on opposite ends of the shop, and we <laughs> both heard like a specific um, guitar riff or something like that, and we're both at like, the same we're like. Like, you know, yeah, there you go. And I think that, you know, everything else being opposite aside, the, the, the general, you know, the taste is similar. And so it works out well. So I think we should play another track. I'm going to play a track off the first Faith Healer record. Sorry. Go ahead. You guys are getting a text. What is the text? It says, it says, I got someone to fix the window for free tomorrow. Hell yeah. Sweet. Yeah. sound of my finger snapping. Like on a on a can of the. Congratulations, guys! That is some good news. <laughs> now let's hear a track by Faith Healer. I'm going to play a track off the first record, Cosmic Troubles, my favorite track, which is Canonized. So, how about we continue with our thread of you guys talking about your sometimes opposing but great working relationship and talk about how that worked on this track? Oh wow! It was such a long time ago when we worked on this track. We had been playing it in the band before, and I think actually before we recorded it, you Renee wasn't working, wasn't it playing in the live band at that time? Yeah, because it was Aiden and Liam and Jenny. Uh, I was in the band then. Okay. Yeah. I forget. Anyway, um, so back yeah, then. It's a long time ago, uh, and that song was one that, you know, I had shown the band before we recorded it, so the recording process was just sort of really refining certain parts. I remember, okay, I remember about this song, actually, Renee recorded the bass line 
um, on his own when I wasn't even there. And he texted me being like, I just recorded this Nine Inch Nails bass line uh, for the song. I was like, oh, sweet. (laughs) Perfect. So I'm just going to give some context because Nine Inch Nails is a band that's very different from Faith Healer. Oh, but we like that shit, too. Yeah. Pretty hate machine. (laughs) It's great music. Just remember, guys, this is a podcast where not everyone's going to have the in-depth music knowledge that people that work in record stores might have. So I'm going to stop every once in a while and give some context. So Nine Inch Nails is very different from Faith Healer music. It is definitely very different, but I would say that there's really no holds barred in terms of what you can use as an influence. And Nine Inch Nails is good music, um, but I think that... Really, it was just kind of a general feel of how the how the baseline came together. It kind of uh, the baseline for that song is sort of you know there's a lot of real quick strumming and it's sort That's of some, like brightness like Lemmy style. So right. why don't you help some people in the audience out and describe Nine Inch Nails in one sentence? It's like industrial trying to be pop. Love it. So now we've been talking about it for a long time. Let's finally hear the song. Canonized. to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track canonized by a band called Faith Healer off their debut record, which is called Cosmic Troubles. So, Renee, how would you like to say a few words about this track? Well, this song is like one of the first ones that Jessica brought to the table on, on, on the first record. We had been rehearsing it, I think, a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
honestly, I, I haven't thought about this one in so long. It's like the, I, the only thing that comes to mind is I use that bass that I sold you on this track. Mm-hmm. And that's like the one track that uses that instrument. And I somehow remember this detail. But it's like a Hagstrom uh, bass guitar. It's nice and small. Sounds great. I still own it, and it just occurred to me when you said that. I was like, oh, yeah, I still have that. I should sell that for some money. It's <laughs> worth money. I know. I still have it, though, but I don't, I don't know if I want to get rid of it. You should keep it. It's really cool. I picked that bass because it had a brighter sound, and I wanted to have that gnarly, like, bright bass, like she's saying right now, sound, the rattle sound. Perfect. So you guys hinted a little bit about it before we heard the song, but you guys both used to work in a record store together. Jessica, you still work in a record store. So I thought I would ask you the big picture question, what is a record store's value in the age of streaming? I I think that, you know, it's definitely changing. Like its value used to be uh, really curatorial in a way. I feel like uh, people used to go into record shops to get told what to listen to, you know, like, oh, you know, what's cool right now, and then you come up with something and, and recommend it, and people take it home, and it's a surprise. It's different now. I don't think that it has that same value anymore because everything is online. People check it out. Like, you see people wandering through the aisles looking at something and, like, YouTubing it instead of bringing it over to listen to at the listening station, you know, because it's so much more convenient. So, like, everybody's buying what they specifically know, and I think the curatorial aspect has definitely moved over to, like, blogs and stuff like that, and is no longer necessarily the in-person thing. But the record store, I mean, and I've worked in record store that shut down, and now I'm working at one that's a lot more like successful and maintainable, and a big part of that is because we're really tailoring to an, aud- an audience that we already know will buy it. You know, We already know that the new Mumford & Sons is going to sell 100 copies in the first week or whatever. You know, And so we're not trying to curate any more as much that's kind of like a side fun thing that you get to do with some customers who you're like you know bros with and you 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 can be like hey check this out i just heard this is really cool but generally speaking that's not the job anymore now it's just like it has value because there's not that many places where you can go to buy something physical in your life i think a lot of things are being digitized like at the risk of sounding like a grandma here you know even though there's some you know, consumer aspects of any kind of store that kind of has you ro- has you rolling your eyes. Like you already have Nirvana, Nevermind on CD. You don't need it on vinyl. What if you need it on CD again? This is my question for you. Then you'll buy it on CD. It's still available. At Blackbird. At Blackbird. At Blackbird. Yes. Um, right. Anyway, it's just it's just great to have a shop. It's kind of like a, it's kind of just like a figurehead now, a record store, because you could just order that off Amazon for cheaper. I'm not gonna you know pretend that our prices are better than Amazon. They just can't be. So I did think it's you know it's like a cafe or it's like a it's like a place for people to go and be around other people that dig music and stuff like that. You know, it's it's more just like a figurehead than a way of finding out about new music. So I read that just before Adele went in to record and start writing for her record, 21, which was the big record that made her, she made the conscious decision to go and work for a record store so that she could immerse herself in music and get used to the temperature of music in that era. Now, I'm not saying that Faith Healer is at all like Adele, but I am saying you do work in a record store, so I'd love you to tell me about how that has influenced your music. Well, I mean, contrary to Adele, um, it's like, you know, somebody who has to like act like a, a coke addict in a movie. And so they like, you know, do coke for a week and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm hard now. Um, <laughs> no offense to Adele. So, I mean, I, I'm sure she realizes that, too. It's an interesting thing to do, but uh, she could just listen to like Spotify playlists or whatever she would want to do. Um, it's just that that's kind of just like a cute story. I do know that working in the store influences my musical choices and stuff like that because I'll hear new things that uh, that I might find interesting or I might find off-putting and know what I want to either avoid or pursue. I don't really focus on like what I think the musical climate is now and what like might be palatable for audiences right now. You know, like it's more about what I think sounds cool or fun to do, I guess. So how about you give me one record that you found via the record store that you think's cool? 
that people might not obviously know about? Uh, well, I'll just bring this up because uh, I, that's such a hard question for me usually, but last night in Kamloops we were listening to this band Total Control, and I realized when they put it on that I was like, oh yeah, that's a new band that I really like. I had not heard their new record yet, so I, I, I only heard it a little bit last night. It sounded cool. Yeah, at the party. Last record? I don't know if it was the last one. I, I went uh, to the van quite early in the night, but it was... Uh, the band's called Total Control anyway. And they're super cool. I think they're from Australia, and this, their latest record, which I think came out in late December, is, um, is their third really cool band. Three great records that people should check out. So, Renee, can you describe this band in one sentence for people who've never heard of them? <laughs> Total Control? I've never heard them. But weren't you at that party? Yeah, but I wasn't paying attention. I was like, where's my place to fucking sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Did you find it? I did. It was on the floor. <laughs> but you know what? There was a fucking... Someone played a really good record. Even though we all wanted to go to bed. You know, we're on tour now, and it's Friday night for everyone else. But we're just like, we just played in Kamloops. We want to go to sleep. We got a bigger show in, in, in Vancouver tomorrow. But I was sleeping, and I was listening to some synth-pop record. These people were kind of punkish. They're punkish kind of folks. Is Total Control Punk? Sounds like a punk band. They appeal to punks, but they're like a little bit more, yeah, like synth, synth pop sort of. It's like, okay. um, it, it's like, uh, it's rock music, I think. Okay, so this band, I was just like, I was had my shorts on my head and my earplugs in, and I was like lying on my sleeping bag on the floor, listening to like them, the people who had the house crank this record like full blast but you know what it was pretty good I don't even know what it was I don't even know what I was talking about but I don't know how to answer the question about Total Control but these people had decent taste in music that's all I can say I don't think they liked this very much or no. one of them didn't at least well I'm sure that's not true no I, I don't think they liked us either it was pretty it, it felt pretty it was pretty the signals were definitely there that they didn't like us that much they didn't sense that we were punk too <laughs> but they just are blind because they're punks. Punks are blind to this kind of thing. They're too busy looking at their own asshole in the <laughs> mirror. It's true. <laughs> All right. I got it. I think that it's time we play another track. I'm going to play Sterling Silver by Faith Healer off their latest record, Try. So, which one of you guys would like to say something about Sterling Silver before we hear it? Sure. Um, Sterling Silver is... Uh, we actually recorded it a couple, three different times um, because first it was supposed to be some like real ballad, kind of like a rock-ish ballad, but soft. I wanted to change my voice for this song and like sing in a more like full-voiced kind of way. And we really agonized over it until eventually we just scrapped it and um, used, uh, you know, used uh, keyboards for the um, for the you know skeleton i guess of the song and it kind of changed the uh the feel um to more of an enya type track <laughs> for those who don't know who is enya she's like um she's light uh synth uh experimental kind of like um celtic new age type uh Musician, it's really beautiful stuff. It's really cool, and actually, I, I Renee introduced me to Enya's song Orinoco Flow, which actually everyone's probably heard. You may not know that it's Enya, but it is, um, and you've heard it on a commercial, I think. You've no doubt heard that song, but we are going to listen to the song Sterling Silver by Faith Healer. Here we go. <laughs>
new show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Sterling Silver by a band called Faith Healer. I have two members of the band here with me in the lobby of the Patricia Hotel. It's a little bit noisy because of that. People are coming and going. Renee, would you like to say something quick about Sterling Silver? People like this track, I think. Right? People like this song. This seems to be like, if you don't like our band, you might like this song. Or if you do like our band, you might not like this song. So it's like the wild card in the mix. All right, you guys, you are on a West Coast tour. You're going from Vancouver down the coast to Seattle and on to California. You get a day off tomorrow. Your problem with the van appears to have been solved. So what are you going to do to enjoy the day in the city? Well, we still actually have to get the van fixed. It's just that we found somebody who's willing to do it for um, uh, an affordable slash free uh, price. So we're still going to kind of figure that stuff out. But then I just want to like walk around. Vancouver is so nice. And if we get some sunshine again tomorrow, I just want to walk around, eat some food. Yeah. Maybe like, I don't know, go to a store. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Renee, what will you be doing? I thought I was going to be fixing this van or trying to, so I'm probably going to be thinking about this van thing. But if not, I don't know. Maybe I'll do the same thing. I like walking around Vancouver. It's like, like you live here. It's, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice city. It has nice weather. You can really, like, just go outside and it's not. I brought my, I brought my rain jacket. Yeah. So if it rains, I'm fine. You know, it's it's so cold. Like I've been waiting and waiting like the song on the album for the fucking snow to go away. I hate living in Canada. I wish I lived in Vancouver, but I also don't want to because it's expensive. But I wish that I did. You know what I mean? Geographically, I wish that I was here. (laughs) I get it. So. Jessica, Renee, thank you very much for spending some time with me tonight. I do appreciate it. The last song, I let the band pick. So why don't you pick a Faith Healer song for us all to hear? Perhaps pick a song that may not get radio play, but you cherish it for some strange and bizarre reason that you can tell us before we hear it. Well, now that you've said it would have to be a song that may not get radio play, it changes the decision that we just very quickly made nevertheless yeah we'll say suffering creature which is uh, the second last tune on the new album and that one came together really quick because it's so easy because there's nothing unique about it but it has a lot of fun energy (laughs) it's a really fun song uh yeah and it's just uh it's just a nice quick rock and roll tune and the song once more is suffering creature all right, guys, thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you. Thank you.
Jessica. <clears throat> hey, my name is Jessica, and I'm in a band called Faith Healer, and you're listening to the interview show with your host, Scott Wood. Hello, my name is Renee Wilson, and I am in a band called Faith Healer, and this is the interview show with your wonderful host, Scott Wood. Well, thank you. I like that. Scott Wood. You're welcome. Scott Wood.